That's what we're answering. Should the average person self-direct? You yeah. better have some ideas that really kick ass. This is the greatest place of investable assets we have in the, in the U.S. is retirement accounts. Everybody, to another episode of the Directed IRA podcast with yours truly, Rick the amazing Matt Sorensen, your self-directed oracles. I like that. Uh, that's okay. That's, we, we can be so bold. Why I'm not? Say, if you want straight answers on self-directing, <laughs> and you know what? That's what we're doing today. We are going to really ask some hard questions yeah. ourselves, be transparent. Yeah. We kind of got accused at a little workshop recently that we were a little self-serving, and the comment was, <laughs> you really expect an average CPA to recommend to their average client that they should self-direct? Come on. There's way too much risk. There's way too much this. Really? And, and uh, we want to answer that. And I think there's yeah. some fair yeah. questions in there yeah. about concerns. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we're answering. Should the average person self-direct? Meaning, should the average person use their IRA or 401k and not just buy a mutual fund or a target date fund or a, or, a, or an individual stock or two? Should they actually go and invest in real estate or a small business or a private fund or crypto or whatever these, you know, non-Wall Street, quote-unquote, alternative assets are, you know, should they invest in those? Um, and so we got it. We want to answer that question. And I've got it right out of the gate. I'll tell you what I think in a short, short and sweet. Okay. I don't know if we agree on it, actually. I don't yeah, know. Like I, we're actually, we're I coming. We've debated this before. Yeah. I actually want to unpack it. I don't think it is an easy answer. But what's it, your yeah. initial off the, off the cuff? Here's, here's my, my initial answer is, I kind of like this, self-directing. It's not for everyone but it's for a lot more people that have no idea they could even do it. And that's the problem right now is it's not that I'm not saying everybody should self-direct and I'm not saying everyone that self-direct should self-direct every retirement account dollar that they do. I'm just saying if the $35 trillion in us retirement accounts, I don't even think 1 trillion of that is self-directed. There's a lot of more money that should be self-directed. A lot more people that don't even know they have this option. And why I think attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, other professionals need to freaking be talking about this with their clients because most of their clients didn't even know it was an option. Okay. I like that. I can live with that. Um, you should debate in college. Did you? <laughs> All right. High school, high school debate. Here's where I want to come. Now, some of you listening to this podcast, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, we would assume you know what self-directing is. But I think that's a deeper question. When Mm. this CPA goes, do you really think the average CPA should recommend to the average client that they should self-direct? There's way too much risk. Okay, whoa, whoa. Let's unpack that. What do you mean by self-directing? Your perspective of self-directing being risky may be part of the problem. Is self-directing risky? Well, it depends on what you're self-directing in. Yeah. And and so I would say, should I recommend to the average client they buy stocks that they have no clue is what's in there and they're going to have a 201k a year from now? Should I, do I think it, I should be recommending to my average client to invest in Wall Street? You see, you've watched the market lately. Maybe that's a question that should be asked. So what I would say is, let's define a little bit of what self-directing is. It could be simply investing in a syndication, a fund that you believe in. It could be oil and gas, retail, a development. It could be uh, uh, green energy. It could be something that you're passionate about and feel great about, and you can't find a, a stock or ETF in Wall Street that speaks to you 
and you believe in the founders of this thing, is that risky? Is that that's self-directing? You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think we, let's talk about that for a minute. I just, yeah. I think self-directing itself isn't isn't inherently risky. It's what's in your retirement account, self-directing or not. That's the issue. Yeah, and I think, but you can have the most safe type. You could have a single family rental property. You know what I mean? Like that is not risky, but you might look at it and say, yeah, but I'm not going to get a huge return. Now, every investment is going to have its own risk profile for it. And it's not, a, I mean, and you can make a lot of money investing in stocks. You can make a lot of money investing in real estate. You can make a lot of money investing in private equity or venture capital or crypto, and you can lose the money in all those categories. Okay. I'm not here to say what you should invest in. I'm just saying you have options and choices that Wall Street's not telling you about, and you might be interested in it. When I go to a real estate presentation, I'm talking to a bunch of real estate professionals, the room blows up because they're like, I had no idea I could do this. No one told me I could do this. I have no idea what the heck a mutual fund even is. And if I do, I don't even know what one I own. And if I did, I don't know what stocks that uh, mutual fund owns, but I could tell you a good real estate property. I could tell you a good investment I could I, I could use. I could tell you a good deal. I know I have 10 clients that would want to do this, that invest in real estate. And so I, I'm just trying to get the word out there in terms of like, this is what you can invest in. You have options, you have choices. And that's what has not been told out there. It yeah. just it's been, it hasn't been told. Yeah. Uh, love it. We got to stay with this. I, it's not an either or. See, this yeah. another yeah. problem. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's either Wall Street or self-direct. No, it's not. And and so this this person that made this comment, I want to you really need to expand your horizon. And let's think of gold. It's it, precious metals. If I want if I believe that that's one of the safest things I can do right now is buy gold. I should say. And there's people that do. Can you buy that in your IRA without self-directing? No, you can't. <laughs> you could try to go buy an ETF or stock that says we do precious metal investing, but you actually are not buying gold in your in this Wall Street product. But you can with self-directing. There's a method for it, and you it's not going to be in your safe in your basement. There's a procedure, but you will literally own gold or silver or precious metals that you believe in through your IRA. That can be extremely safe and powerful for you. So we need to really uh, expand the definition of what a retirement account can do. So many people think that a retirement account is Wall Street. It's not. And and, and that's why I do like your initial statement. Yeah. That it's not for everybody. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that don't even know about that it is for. Exactly. And, um, and, and I think here's – let me take another stab at this, a different angle. A lot of people have their money in Wall Street, and that $35 trillion I mentioned earlier that's in U.S. retirement accounts, it's mostly all on Wall Street. And when I say Wall Street, I mean it's in a Fidelity. It's in a TD Ameritrade. It's in a, some broker-dealer, essential, essentially, an, an account. And people have chosen those because it was easy, right? It was easy. You click some buttons, and you made an investment. Well, self-directing is it takes a little more work than clicking a few buttons or filling out a form that says, well, I'm 40 years old. I want to retire in 20, 20, 20, 25 years. I consider myself moderately aggressive. And you've got some mutual fund or target date fund in your 401k account with 300,000 invested. You don't even know what it is. But you filled out a form and they just selected it for it. Why did Why did Wall Street do that? Because it was freaking easy. All right. But now hear me out on this. If you've got 
$100,000 in an IRA, okay. okay? You have $100,000 you can invest. You could self-direct it if you want. How much time should you put into that? I want you to really think about that. Think about your money. You're going to go work 40 hours a week for 52 weeks to make hundred grand in a year at your job or in your business. Let's say if you make hundred grand a year. How much time are you going to put into spending $100,000? Are you going to fill out a form or click some buttons to buy some stock? Maybe you should spend a little more time on that so that your money's working for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I think people need to spend more time in this. This is this is the greatest place of investable assets we have in the, in the U.S. is retirement accounts. And they're just clicking some buttons and being like, eh, I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to go back to work tomorrow to make hundred grand and spend 40 hours a week for 52 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Now, let's go back to this original statement, too. If this CPA, I, I know I'm going to repeat it, but we got to unpack this. He says, you really expect the average CPA to recommend to the average client to self-direct? I think that's reckless. That's, that would, was his statement, essentially. Well, what? so the converse is, you think it's not reckless to recommend that. You, you think you're mm-hmm. doing the right thing to not expose your client to self-directing. Really? So it's your job to not share an option to your client that could be life-changing to them or important to them, and you're going to hold that information private to you because your risk tolerance isn't there or your knowledge isn't in that space. How do you, is that fair to your client? Don't you have a fiduciary duty to share all the options with your client to help them make an informed decision? How can you think it's okay to impose your risk tolerance that might be a little conservative in this example upon a client that's starving for this? Yeah. I think that's a little in, uh, incredulous, yeah. a little haughty yeah. to believe <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that you're doing them a favor. Mm. You could be hurting them. Yeah. Give your client the options. Amen, brother. Amen. I am in. You should buy a big truck because you're just doing it for the write-off. That's a bad idea. And the client's like, well, it's my money. I want a big truck. I could really use it in my business. Freaking A, CPAs can get yeah. just a little too bold yeah. in telling their client what they think they should be doing. Yeah. I think the best thing to do is like have the conversation. Let them decide. Weigh the pros and cons, but you got to put it on the table. And let me give you a few type of people that I think are great self-directed investors, by the way. And I'm going to give you a few that shouldn't self-direct. Okay. All right. We are going to own it. There are people that shouldn't self-direct. But I don't know if the CPA in this situation would be the gatekeeper to Mm -hmm. that decision. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. All right. Here's the three types of people that are awesome at self-directing. I'm going to give you three. Okay. I'm going to give you three that shouldn't. Okay. 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 All right. Here's the three winners. If you're one of these, you're a great candidate to self-direct your IRA. You're an entrepreneur or business owner. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner, you're already betting on yourself in many ways. You like cutting deals. You like negotiating. You like figuring stuff out. We have so many self-directed clients that are business owners or entrepreneurs. I would say almost half of them at least are uh, business owners or entrepreneurs. The next category, real estate investors. If you've already invested in real estate personally, you own real estate personally, you know what a good deal is. You have IRA or 401k dollars. We're just connecting your knowledge of what you're good at and using your retirement account dollars to deploy it so you can grow and have a bigger retirement account. Maybe you're like, well, I'm going to do better with the mutual funds I'm invested in. I doubt it. If you're good at real estate and that's what you spend your time on, you invest your non-retirement plan dollars in it, 
maybe you should consider using your retirement plan dollars in real estate. And that's going to take a self-directed IRA. Now, the last class is, I would say, it's kind of like the tax savvy group of people. Um, I would say, and I like those clients who use Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs are the number one self-directed account we have. We have a lot of savvy clients that are smart people. They're business owners. They are investors. Maybe they're in private equity. Maybe they like crypto. Maybe there's some asset class that they're very good at and they simply use a Roth IRA to do it in the most tax-free way. Now, without a self-directed IRA, the, that it's great investor, savvy investor, all they could buy is a you know, trade stocks, but we can get outside of that into these non-Wall Street assets with Roth accounts for tax-free growth. I've got two. Okay. I, might, I might get your juices flowing. Okay, I can maybe get the, three, the third yeah, one. Okay. And team up on this. I, I'm going to say the first one is, is a person that should not self-direct um, is a person that doesn't want to take the time, doesn't want to take the time to learn the concepts, learn the rules, because you got to got to know enough to play the game. Yeah. Uh, not that you're going to not you're going to rely on resources, of course, but you also don't have the time to research what you're going to invest in. There's a lot of people that want to self-direct and then they're working 60 hours a week, family health issues, family health issues. And they're like, I really want to get there maybe in a couple of years. But for now, I'm just going to I'm going to stay in this lane over here. I know it's not the best use of my investment money. But I'm going to, I've, I've got it. I don't have the time. And so, okay, yep. fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Number two, and I know you're going to agree with this one, is you don't have enough money to self-direct. There is a tipping point where certain investment options really open up to you. For example, if you've got maybe 10 grand in a retirement account, you're going to have to be pretty creative and involved. Yeah. And you may have a perfect investment for that 10 grand. I love, as many of you know, well, not many of you, some of you may know it, our <laughs> All Asset Summit. And uh, we've done podcasts on how to invest 20 grand or less in your IRA. I'm a huge advocate for that. I want that door to be open for a lot of people, but you're going to be pretty engaged. And you yeah. better have some ideas that really kick ass because it's to, to make 10 to 20 grand work for you in an IRA, you're going to have to have the time and have a good idea. So, but once you get over maybe say 50 grand, ooh, there's a lot of doors that open where you don't have to, you have to spend more time than just click, click on TD Ameritrade app, but you're going to, but you're, you can maybe do notes. You could do a real estate deal. You could do a syndication. You could do some precious metals or crypto or some, something in the metaverse or whatever. You could be, you, you've got more. So the more money you have, the more you can make. That's kind of a good old adage. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you don't have enough money, you maybe continue to save, continue okay. to build in the S&P 500, ETFs. And if you don't have enough time, who else should I? Is there anyone else that comes to mind? I would say the other one who, who maybe is not a good candidate for it is, Someone who's actually good at buying and selling stocks. Mm. If you've have had a retirement account for 10 years, you're like, guys, I crush it. I'm yeah. making 15% returns, 20% returns. I don't know that I could make that self-directing. I'm actually doing pretty good in my in Did my forex account. Training, and you know what? Some, you I want you to look at your account and, and everybody who's self-directing should do that. What have you made? What have your returns been over the last 10 years? Like net all the fees and costs you paid. What have your returns been? Because that's all we're talking about here when self-directing. I'm not saying self-directing because it's cool or anything or like, I mean, I don't want your account necessarily unless you think 
you can grow it investing in these other assets to a bigger retirement account by the time you hit 59 and a half and you want to retire. That, that's the point here. But what investments are you going to make to get that to get there? If you're good in the market and you've done great, you don't need to get self-direct. You've already mm-hmm. figured it out. You're good at what Wall Street's giving you. You're making money. Yeah. Now back to that original statement. I I I was and I wanted to define what self-directing meant. Is self-directing inherently risky? No, it's the underlying asset. And then what was another interesting word in that statement? Should I recommend to the average client to self-direct? What's the average client? I mean, what's your definition of the average client, the average American? I, I think yeah. an average American with 50 to 100 grand sitting in a 401k that's been languishing, making 4% after fees for 10 years. And your many, many clients we talk to are afraid to look at the statement. They're like, I've been putting money in this 401k for 10 years. I, I don't think it's that good. Yeah. And they're, and they're sad. And they're, and so is that average? I, I might say that is, you know, and so I just think we have to be careful making assumptions about who the average client is, who the average, what, what self-directing is about, um, and just be more educated yeah. on that. And I'll be honest, I, when, you know, gosh, how long I've been doing this? It's 18 years now. Mm. 2006, when Mark Kohler told me what a self-directed IRA was, that was, okay, it was uh, 17 years. Yeah. Okay. We were at Subway. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little lunch. Eating lunch some cold point. cut combos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, have you ever heard of self-directing? He's like, um, I just had them put mayo and mustard on my subway. Is that what you're talking? I- <laughs> so so um, anyways, so, so I've been doing this a long time. That's what I was trying to get at. Okay? And after doing it a long time, I realized I don't talk people into it. I, I don't. I'm not, I mean, I self-direct because I like it. I, when I heard about it, I was like, that's kind of cool. I like being able to invest in those things, being more attached to my money. I feel like I can, I have a better uh, competitive advantage than mm-hmm. I do when I'm going on Wall Street by outdoing more Main Street assets. And I've traditionally done real estate myself. But I like just talking about it as an option. And it pretty quickly, you're, people know whether that they're a good candidate for it themselves. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to choose for them. So if you're a CPA or advisor, you're not choosing for them. You're just giving them the options and, and immediately people are either into it or they're not. Yeah. And um, when we're just here on this podcast and our company directed IRA and all the messages we're trying to get out there, we just want you to have choices. I want you to have options. Okay. I don't want you to feel stuck in Wall Street. All right. I'm going to do the last one. I love <laughs> to tear apart words. Words mean so much. Last one. We talked about their assumption as to what self-directing meant, the assumption of what an average client is. Let's talk about the average CPA. That was part Ooh. of the question, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. He said, should the average CPA recommend to their average client to self-direct? Well, maybe to the average CPA will do just that. I don't think an average CPA is acceptable. I think we should expect more from our accountants. We should expect more from our advisors. Hence why we've started the Main Street Tax Pro Advisor Network. Mm-hmm. I'm certifying tax advisors. And I want them to be above average. I want them to bring to their client strategies that are cutting edge and outside the box. Damn straight, I don't want you to be the average CPA because the average CPA won't recommend self-directing. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Doesn't mean you did a bad thing. 
bring to the table the game. Bring it for your clients. People are begging for a conversation with their CPA, damn it. Be different. Be next level. Bring everything you can to the table. Your client will pay you for it. They'll appreciate it, yeah. and you'll build a stronger relationship. And you know what? If you're one of those awesome CPAs, I freaking love this. If you're one of those awesome CPAs, you know what? Your clients that are average, maybe they're not going to be average next. After they've mm. done, they're done working with you, you can, well, you can bring their game up. <laughs> Let's talk about Average CPAs with average clients make average money. <laughs> I would like you to have above the cut clients yeah. and be above the cut accountant, advisor, enrolled agent, CPA, and you're going to be more successful yourself. Let's level all of our games up. So, wow. I didn't think that question they posed would really yeah. evolve to. We really worked that customers. one over. I had a great time. Yeah, so, that's good. Um, well, if you're like, man, I need to learn more about self-directing. Well, that's what this podcast's about. Go back to the first 10 episodes. We teach you the rules on what you need to know. I happen to write a book on it, the Self-Directed IRA Handbook. We have our Self-Directed IRA Summit. It's a full day. You can learn all the rules and be super smart about it and know what to do. That's sdiarasummit.com coming up October 21st. It's a full day. We have an, another reception the night before, but it's a full day on a Saturday. You can catch it virtually as well, or it's in Raleigh, North Carolina live. And then we got our webinars and all this content. We got our main street business podcast. We're just trying to get the message out, get the good word out. Um, so you have the options. Helpful. Yep. Simple. We're here for you. Get to directedira.com. If you can get to, to directedira.com, you're going to find a copious amount of information and our sister podcast, the main street business podcast. We, uh, and all of those link, uh, all of those descriptions, we have all the links to the law firm, the tax pro network, where we have next level accountants that are, have exceptional clients, above average clients. And we want you to be there too. We wish you the best direct on, take control of your retirement, uh, and, uh, live that American dream. Special.